0: Hi, I'm Jen Petrie. I'm the industry lead at Sitecore Middle East and Africa. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the lovely Jessica Abuzaid, Head of Marketing at Essilor Luxottica, Middle East, Turkey and Africa. Welcome. Essilor Luxottica is a global leader in the design, manufacture and distribution of ophthalmic lenses, frames and sunglasses with a vision of bringing life-changing benefits of vision correction and protection to everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks so much for being here. I think it's uh, lovely to have you back in the studio. I firstly wanted to start by asking you a little bit about your experience in the region mm-hmm. um, and what led you to
1: SLO Luxotica here. Um, so I, I like to say that I'm an SLO Luxotica baby. So it's it's um, the company that I've been uh, in for the for the longest time. It actually is the company where I started my, my career. So um, I started as an intern um, in Italy. I was still um, in grad school. And I'm still here today. So it's been twelve years now. And there must be something keeping you at
0: SLO Lukasatica. Like tell me a bit about what you do there and how how that's changed since you started. I imagine there's quite a journey from being a grad to, to where you are today.
1: Yeah. Um, so I mean what has kept me in, in the company for so long is that it's it's definitely an exciting place to to work in. Um, and there has always been something new coming in, um, and, and this started from back when I was um, working as an intern in, in Milan, in, in the headquarters, to, uh, to today, um, where now we became a bigger group, Essilor um, Luxottica, so it's, it's been ever-changing and ever-evolving, always something new um, to work on or to learn, so I think that's, um, that's my passion, and uh, that's why I'm still here today.
0: Amazing. And I think we were talking previously just before it started about um how it's both b2b and b2c and you're doing everything all in one from
1: a marketing yeah. perspective yeah so i mean that's new for me um we as uh, the the former company i was working for luxotica was mainly a um a brand uh, driven company um brands that you guys all are i'm sure aware of so in in the eyewear industry uh, such as ray-ban or, or oakley and a lot of, of distribution brands um we obviously dealt a lot with b2b but mm-hmm. it's a Completely different ball game when um, when we uh, joined forces with with Essilor, um, because here we're mainly talking about lenses or um, ophthalmic lenses or instruments, and this is. Um, a really B two B led um, industry, so um, I'm I'm learning uh, the ropes in, in that sense, um, but it's it's fascinating and it really completes the full journey of a consumer that goes um, for a vision correction need from the lens to um, to the frame, but also um, let's say the diagnostic part with, with the instrument. So it, it's it's the full journey and full circle. So it's quite nice to be part of it.
0: There's a, certainly a lot to the role doing both of those and and learning on the job as well. Mm-hmm. In this so far, what have you found the sort of major differences between
1: B2B and B2C marketing? Um, so let's say that the touch points are, are very different um, and and therefore also the tools um, that we're using are are quite different. So when when we're talking about lenses, Mm -hmm. um, it is very rare, um, especially in our region where there's also less awareness for a consumer to go in and ask for a certain lens or a certain branded lens. Um, so it's really the the, um, ophthalmologist or the optometrist inside Mm -hmm. the store that is going to lead that decision making process for you. Um, And you might leave the shop not even knowing what brand you bought. Um, So the the influencing factor here really is that um, medical referent and how do you reach them is going to be very different than how you reach a consumer. Then we're also trying to change that and also targeting the consumer to make them more aware of their eye health and and what our brands can bring bring to the table in terms of technology, etc. So we're trying to mix it up, but Mm -hmm. for sure the tools are first and foremost aimed at, at that medical class.
0: And I guess with that, there's different
1: content needs, different frequencies of the content that you're delivering. 100%. Oh. Um, I mean, we are we are on the frame side and lens side, both very much driven by innovation and technology. But this is even more um, visible when you're talking about lenses. Um, at the end of the day, it's a piece of plastic. So, yeah. Um, to the naked eye so how do you transmit all the technology that is going through that uh, in, into the lens is definitely through the content creation um, and what we mainly do in that sense is um, our, our learning and development um, content so um, through um, a, a really wonderful platform called Leonardo and so on that um, all the people who are working inside the stores um, or any of the people we collaborate with have access to that content and that training so it's, it's extremely important because you can't convey what is um, inside the lens just through a static mm-hmm. um, a visual, right? So you really need to have dynamic content um, and quite frequently. Um, obviously, you, you have, when you have that need, it's not um, something that you are looking for only one time if you have a visual correction need. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to, to know what you, um, what's the technology or what's new. So that content needs to be um, updated. Um, so this is really a B2B platform. Uh, but then inside the store, um, you also need to explain to your consumer what is inside um, that lens. So definitely content there also plays um, a big role. Uh, and I'm sure you've noticed in the region um, the these the stores are becoming much more digitalized. Yeah. So First ever digi- fully digital store, I think, I saw in Dubai Hills Mall the other day with yeah.
0: the, your little iPads when you walk in and... I haven't tried it out yet. I need to go and do that because I'm really interested to see how that works, actually.
1: No, it's great. I mean, you you need to obviously train the the consumer uh, yeah. and, and the staff in order to be um, able to use these um, tools. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't make a a, a great difference in uh, in the experience and also the knowledge uh, of those mm. selling and buying um, these these products. We've certainly seen
0: that from a a site perspective, actually, Mm -hmm. around how consumers are much more informed now before making the decision. Previously, you'd go in and you'd speak to whether it's the optician in this case or whether it's somebody else uh, about what you needed, especially with something as technical as eyewear Mm -hmm. and what's right for you, what your prescription may be, what type of lens you need. Um, you wouldn't go in informed. Now the consumer is much more informed and there's so many different data points and touch points. So I imagine for yourselves and correct me if any of this is wrong, that it's not just about getting the content, it's the right content at the right time to the right person, depending on where they are in their sort of buying journey with you.
1: Yes. How are you managing that? Um, so let's say that the consumer journey is something that we we study quite uh, quite extensively, and um, the the need and the purpose for you to go into the the shop may change drastically.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've the- had glasses since I was seven, there so you go. yeah,
1: I can. So, so it depends. So if you're going in to buy a sunglass, it's completely different than if you're going in to buy an eye an, an, an eyewear. And also the age, um, definitely plays a role into how you're looking into, um, into that need. So the sunglasses are usually more seasonal. It's a more mm-hmm. seasonal purchase. It's a more impulsive purchase. Um, so a lot of the content is, um, that is put out there is geared as, um, around desire fashion um and and to to touch that angle of of the consumer um, we also make sure that we have placements on um celebrities um or yeah. uh content creators um that match the brand identity and so on so this is very um fashion fashion driven uh desire driven um, and the seasonality is mainly summertime, um, especially in, in more European um, countries. Here, you find the seasonality a little bit more flattish, or <laughs> <now> you, <need laughs> you sunglasses have the sun. all year round, <laughs> exactly. Um, but let's say other markets I cover, you definitely can see different spikes. Um, whereas eyewear is quite a, not, doesn't have huge seasonality. Um, you have sometimes a bit of spikes related to promotions or back to school, let's say. Mm-hmm. So there you can target your content related to, to that. Um, during the COVID period, there was a lot going on with re- related to blue light. I'm sure you've learned mm-hmm. heard about blue light. So, um, so these are usually targeted around back to school, back to office time time periods. Um, but it is more an always on approach with regards to content.
0: And how do you mention COVID there? And I know we've all heard about it for so long now and mm-hmm. we're over it but how did you as a brand manage and manage during the covid period did you find that there was more being done digitally
1: or what's what changed for you um so so covid was quite tough uh for for everyone um as a as a company i would say that the the big strength was that we were very much already uh, very digitally integrated mm-hmm. um, from a b2b angle um, so we already had um, all kinds of software and, and content developed in order for our um, customers so our, our B2B uh, clients to be able to access um, our, our eyewear, see the novelties and, and place their orders or learn about the content. Um, one of our biggest successes was also related to the, the Leonardo so our training um, our training platform. Um, where we, um, where we launched a very, um, strong program uh, around training during that time because mm-hmm. everyone was more at home or had to put in an extra effort to, to, to sell. Um, so, um, our, um, our Leonardo lead did a really nice, uh, program for internal staff, but also for our customers with a specific journey, um, really emphasizing our, our strengths and our brands uh, throughout those trainings. And, and the content was extremely useful. Um, and we tried to also diversify that, um, the, the learning path by including not only, let's say, specific eyewear um, content, but also personal development content and things like that. So um, I think that was a, a great success to be able to feel a bit closer um, to, to everyone uh, during, uh, during that time period.
0: I think that's so important mm. and I, I know there was a lot of people that felt quite distanced during mm-hmm. that time so being able to use sort of business to bring people together as well and, and to help educate is it's fantastic mm. so really good really good initiative there. Um, I think I'm interested to know what initiatives you've got for as we've said Christmas biscuits on the table. <laughs> We're coming into 2023. Yes. Um, that was obviously a huge initiative that you've had over over COVID mm-hmm. and it sounds like it's going brilliantly. What are your sort of initiatives and trends or new year's resolutions for 2023.
1: Uh, it's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the gym. No. Um, oh, so um, so uh, as as you probably know, we are um, in the middle of our business transformation. so we we are um, now EsSIlor luxotica. Um, the the um, the consolidation of these two big um, groups came about a few years ago, but it's really just coming into place in in the subsidiaries now. Um, so we've had a change um, in in leadership at the global level. Last year, uh, and now it's starting to trickle down um, in in the, in the region. So it's it's a it's a journey. It's a big transformation journey that that we're on, um, which has just started. So I think that that's our biggest New Year's resolution is to continue on, on that journey, um, uh, using what we've learned so far because we're merging um, two giants that uh, operate in very different ways, um, and and how we create that new culture um, is is on our agenda for for 2023 and, and on my agenda as well so I think that will be uh, the big new year's resolution.
0: That is definitely a big job as mergers are notoriously difficult bringing mm-hmm. them together and I think you're saying that there's some there from sort of a medical perspective and then Correct. also from a branding perspective so I guess the cultures and the organizations will be quite different.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the culture uh, of both uh, companies is, is what um, drove each one of their success. So we also need to be very mindful in 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 this merge uh, on how we bring um, both cultures on board, um, but also creating creating a new one. Um, and and it's quite it's quite interesting. We, I also cover a very large region, so also here the heritage in each different market is is quite different um how do you bring everyone into the table also from a people's perspective in making sure that you have people from both heritages that are part of of creating this this new journey um and 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 it's a journey and and, and i insist on this word so um it's very exciting um, it's a big challenge and a big responsibility uh, so uh, so 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 let's see how how it goes um so one of the the our biggest challenge this year has been to create the new teams of the of the organizations so we're in, we're we're at the end of of that journey and and all the big projects that are coming in together uh, as well so I'm looking forward
0: so Jessica you mentioned about the two different cultures and the two different organizations that are quite different coming together mm-hmm. that in itself is quite a big task and challenge that you've got how are you managing that
1: um, that's a tough question uh, <laughs> as well. Um, let's say um, I, I used the word journey before, and I think it won't be um, a short one because we are really merging two cultures that first and foremost are, are very are very different. Um, and we also need to be very mindful in in in, in doing so without losing, you know, the the um, the identity of, of people who were very so much attached to that previous identity and and need to be part of building, building the the new one. Um, it's also extremely difficult in, in this in this region because we are obviously a, a really big one, so um, we are part of the meta meta structure um and and i wouldn't say that things are so easy when it comes to communication and and making sure that everyone um is part of of that journey um so this year was really um a transition year in the sense that we needed to get to to know each other and and understand each other and next year we we should I wouldn't say speed things up, but have a different pace um, in in starting to work together and um, and collaborating in, in creating this this new culture. Um, so one of the one of the projects in that sense is a globally led project, and and is involving people from different parts of the organization, functions, countries to participate in in, in deciding and and shaping um, what the new culture should should look like. So I'm very excited to see what what that brings on. Um, And also a lot of work will need to be done internally. Um, Something we've done mindfully is to make sure that in all the different functions, you have people that come from from both heritages, um, both at leadership level, but also um, at at all levels of of the team. Then it it needs to come with a lot of openness and and flexibility. Um, And I also see this on myself, because maybe at the beginning, I say ah, the way we are doing things um, is is, um, the way we should be doing things. But that's not necessarily the case. Um, uh, And it it has nothing to do with being on one side or the other side. I think it's a natural thing. Um, you're so used to uh, working in a, in a certain dynamic or culture that it takes a lot of internal um, acknowledgement that you need to pause um, and, and try to, 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 to listen. Mm. Um, and so I think really listening and communication is, is key, um, coupled with the fact that you need to move on. From that, so how long do you listen, and how long do you keep an open ear, um, and balancing that with taking action to make changes to 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 walk towards a new new future, let's say.
0: I think that's a a really important point there because I mean, even going back and looking at the sort of psychology behind people and what people are like, there's very much a we've come from tribes. We are we've all come from different tribes, mm-hmm. and there's that sort of tribe. I belong to, in your case, SLR, I belong to Luxotica, And yes. there's a, you lose almost a sense of identity exactly. when you're bringing a new business. So the way that you're approaching that with having people from both sides working together, asking people what they liked about the cultures and what they want the new culture to be is a really good way of actually bringing the two together. Mm-hmm. I think from my side, the other thing I see for, for you is you've got a challenging region. We've got If if, even if we only take the UAE, there are so many different nationalities, different languages, different Mm -hmm. heritages of people on top of the cultural aspect that you've got to bring together. That must be a challenge as well. And I, I guess it's one that not all of your counterparts are facing in their
1: regions. So how are you considering that? So it, it is definitely a, a challenge, um, and um, I wouldn't say that we're, we're there yet. We're, we'll bu- we're building it. So one of the um, more structural ways that we've decided to approach this region is um, to not have an extremely centralized um, team. So um, the, the central, let's say, team for the Meta region is sitting in, in Dubai, um, but we decided for the moment to still um, reinforce the... Um, the local teams of the main of the main hubs to ensure that the responsibility and the knowledge is preserved um, in um, in the different regions because we're also so um, geographically distant um, without adding the cultural differences. So that's the first thing that we we are we are building now. So mm-hmm. teams, it's a very matrix organization. So to make sure that we consider all the different. Um, aspects of um, of the region, and this was not the original, let's say, idea, but it came through listening and and understanding. So that's one way um, we're going about it. Um, And and for next year, the idea is really to kick off um, with these teams. So I haven't really started um, the integrated journey, and I'm really looking forward to to working on that um, next year um, with hopefully a bit of more physical engagement Mm -hmm. Um, just to get things um, starting um, and and learning about the the different sides of, of the business uh, because we definitely see a lot of, of synergies and opportunities um, in, in working in working together um, I, I also um, I'm encouraging myself and and everyone to to go in it with a with a positive um Attitude or let's say an open an open mind because Mm -hmm. not everything is going to stay in the same way that it was before So it's normal that a new baby is 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 born um, and we have to take what's best from mom and dad and and try to (laughs) uh, And try to make the best
0: out of it I think it gives you an opportunity as well though Mm -hmm. To to, as you say take the best out of the two two different organizations and Mm -hmm. they'll come together with some super organization. Yeah, would be swimming in the Olympics if it was a person or something like that. So I think that's a that's a really interesting way of yeah. doing it. And I love what you said there around the decentralization of the meta region. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think everyone knows I've been working in this region mm-hmm. for probably uh, three or four years now, mm-hmm. but actually only living here for half of that. And mm-hmm. I think that one of the things I've noticed is that physical sort of relationships yes. actually meeting people and having those interactions face to face and again coming outside of covid it makes it more possible but i think here from what i've seen has gone much more back to how it was before there's less of the hybrid working there's much more of the face-to-face interactions mm-hmm. yeah so the approach you're taking there is quite um an interesting one and quite unique for a lot of global organizations mm-hmm. That sounds like it was more of a conscious decision. And have, have, did you research into that or did you just know that that was what was needed here?
1: Um, let's say it, it, it was um, an open discussion um, led also by by my manager um, because we had different opinions. Also, um, I uh, at the beginning, I was also thinking more of a central um, um, approach, um, mainly because in order to have more control, um, I think this is also a natural a natural feeling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, to understand what is going on, and and we had a lot of discussions w- with regards to that. Um, I don't know what is the uh, the right approach, but I think for the beginning in this transition um, period, I think it's important that we do have this hybrid um, hybrid model, and then and then and then we will see how how things uh, go. Uh, and and to what you said, I mean you've lived in in these markets, No, so I think you've lived in Turkey. And in, in, or in South Africa
0: uh, I spent a lot of time in South Africa okay, so 50-50 there, there and then Bahrain and now oh, here yeah
1: so. so definitely you know that the, the um, it's really important to take into consideration the, um, the local um, dynamics um, and, and the team in South Africa for example is always very much uh, reminding us, but we're so far away, or we're so different, <laughs> yeah. things work differently, or even seasonality is, 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 um, is the opposite. So I think it's quite important to keep um, that local relevance and people on the territory um, to manage these type of, of situations and, and dynamics. Um, and another thing that's also very important, especially from the medical um, side of things or production side of things, there's a lot of ingrained knowledge um uh, with people that have been working for for years um in those in those countries and territories so it's it's really important that they feel part of of the new uh, new organization and, and that's not something that's very easy
0: no i think it's it's very difficult as a going back the tribe mentality mm-hmm. to to abandon one and start a new one even if it's the coming together of them no. so uh, it's a natural learning path i guess around yeah. what they need to do and how to form that uh, you've talked a lot about sort of learning and education and, mm-hmm. and the leadership around that. As a leader, what are you doing for to manage
1: that cultural change or to edu- help the education during this process? Um, so um, at at the office, I'm 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 quite a fan of our our Leonardo uh, team and our Leonardo tools. Um, so I I really encourage people to to educate themselves and and to be part of different meetings that are not necessarily strictly related to their um, um, area of expertise or, or, or function especially during this moment in time maybe in, in different occasions it's not, it's not necessarily but in this moment in time it, it's quite important to be part of, of different mm-hmm. um, moments and then offline I'm, I'm quite a Um, passionate about education in in general. So, um, um, in in the last few years, I've been um, quite um, involved with my um, former university. Um, So, I went to um, um, a university in Milan called Università Bocconi, Um, and um, I'm part of their mentorship uh, program. Uh, which is quite, quite fun. So it's a program by which you um, mentor um, um, fresh grads or people who are in their final years of, of university. Um, uh, they're either they, they have their own um, not issues, but they have their concerns of going into the the working world and and, and what that brings, um, or also being part of um, university lectures and and, um, and and education in in general. So I, I try <laughs> in uh, in my free time to be um, involved um, with universities and um, an educational journey of of um, yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you have any free time, but um, really it's definitely valuable to have somebody of your experience and the different nationalities that you've worked with, the different places you've you've lived and worked with to, to go and provide that education and support people who are learning about it sort of the theory behind actually seeing the practice so that's really interesting. yes
1: exactly I think that that's really it um I really felt the value when I when I was in university to have concrete um examples or, or seeing people um in in the workforce um it was inspiring but are also more tangible so mm-hmm. um so I, I I like to be a part of that, and and there there are different ways that I've done that. Either it's a straightforward lecture. This is the company. This is what we do. This is how we do it. Um, and and recently um, a, a friend of mine contacted me in order to be part of a more workshop type of um, course, so the, to give a task to these students and, and have them work on on a group project. So that was also um, also fun, uh, and and. I'm, I'm not that old, <laughs> but let's say that it still gives you a fresh perspective by seeing mm. students coming in and challenging you um, and and bringing new questions or, or thoughts to the table. So I hope to be doing this in, in, uh, in the future as well. And it's good to start.
0: I think mentorship is such an important thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's really I think it's great that you are doing that from a company perspective. Do you have mentor programs within the company or? how are you encouraging skills and development of your sort of staff that are coming up through those?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a few mentorship uh, programs Um so the, there are some for, let's say, young talents and uh, each region can pick a talent to be part of that program. Um, I'm uh, now going to mentor a group of, um, it's more of a work, um, it's more of a task at the same time, uh, sort of mentoring. So there are different programs that are um, that are globally um, globally led. Mm. Um, but I also think it's important that even if there isn't any formal program in, in your company, that you kind of take things in, into your, your own hand. Um, when I started in, in Luxotica in the Middle East, we were 20 people. So there wasn't any formal program or HR structure with regards to things like that. Now we are in, in the region more than 2000. So things are a bit different. Mm. Um, but I think that no matter where you're working or how you're starting, that it's important that you find someone um, that can help you. Mm. Um, and I, And I definitely think that throughout my career, I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for... Um, specific mentors who happen to also be my managers in in that case. It doesn't always have to be like that, but this was my case. And um, I can definitely recommend um, anyone um, that if you feel like you need to reach out to someone um, for advice um, or that extra push or a different perspective in or outside the office, that it can definitely help you in, in your in your career.
0: And. You said there that you've had a lot of help from mentor managers. Mm-hmm. Um, what, I guess, what traits or attributes did they bring to you that helped you to have that push that you needed?
1: What did they do for that? Um, so I think that the first thing that they did is is um, transmit trust, um, trust in yourself, and that makes you trust yourself. That's how, I don't know if that, that makes sense. Um, especially when you're just starting off and you don't know where to look or where to start, and and then just go, <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Even if you make a mistake, I'm I'm there for you. So that's why, in my case, it was a mentor manager kind of um, situation that really helped me and um, to feel confident in in what I was in what I was doing. Um, also, someone that can put you in check. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all need that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you need that. Saying hey. Um, that wasn't really good, or you could have done it that way, or you could have said it in that way. Um, um, my manager now um, has been my, my biggest mentor, and mainly focusing on on soft skills. Um, so I'm I'm quite um I can be quite blunt or I can have uh, my emotions not not in check and really this has been um, the work that I've been working on myself in in that sense it doesn't always work um <laughs> but it, it's really important that someone tells it to you um, because then you really understand how you could have said it differently or how you sound um, in a in a more um, direct way so, um, this balance is is quite is quite useful um and then some just practical practical tips or information or or being part of um, and i said that before being part of meetings or situations that you wouldn't be in naturally i think this has really accelerated my learning curve being curious Mm -hmm. not only about your pot uh, but also the pots of others especially if you're interested in in more managerial type roles it's really important to know people think and how they're doing their job and how can you be part of the overall equation and you can't do that if you're just yeah you know looking at your your side of things so yeah
0: so be curious put your hand up to take on extra responsibilities yeah. and any other tips that you'd give to
1: aspiring leaders out well, there? <laughs> um, I, I would definitely say that um, try to get a, um, a mentor or, or get external if you're not comfortable in asking someone formally to be your your mentor just asking for advice and uh, being vulnerable in, in receiving that advice is, is definitely something that that I would um, recommend um, I would also recommend to to be curious um, because you might find out that maybe you're working at X um in Funct- X function or X mm. company and maybe you suddenly find out that you're more interested or inclined towards something else um, especially at the beginning of, of, of your career so I don't know they say the same about kids right put them in different sports before you finally pick one right? <laughs> um, and then as you progress try to really hone, hone in your your soft skills because mm-hmm. that will make the difference between you and and another leader um, and decide what what kind of person you And leader you you want to be. Uh, That makes a difference.
0: Yeah I think that's so important. Um, It's so easy to think that doing your job well is enough but Mm -hmm. I think you're right there with the soft skills and looking at what else you can do outside of that and how your job fits into the wider organization. That's what's going to help you progress and set you apart from other people as well yes
1: 100 percent. i mean it's it's not it's sometimes sad to think that you know like you're in school if you work hard you get a good grade <laughs> and you're gonna pass um, but that doesn't happen in uh um in the real world so it's really important that you create your network um that you um uh, that you are you enlarge your your circle and and your um, and your skill set to beyond your hard hard skills so to say um then if you're working in a specific field where you just need to be doing the uh, x that's different but if you need to manage people or lead people you you need to have that transversality and um does that say that correctly (laughs) (laughs) you need to be transversal (laughs) uh, and 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 to really work on your on your soft skills and it's not, it's not easy. You might find yourself doing some a lot of introspection and, and, uh, and you might say, oh, I could have said that, could have done that, could have said that, could have done that. But in the end, it's what makes you a better person, no?
0: Yeah, I think uh, it always we always say it starts with yourself. So mm-hmm. compete against yourself, look at what you could have done better and learn from that and then go forward. I think it's, it's hard to do, but it's definitely one of the most valuable things, I think, that mm-hmm. any individual can do actually is learn how they can do things better themselves, how they can self-improve. Yep. If we were, and I hope we are actually, if we Mm -hmm. were sat back here this time next year, so Mm -hmm. just coming into 2024, what uh, are you hoping that you can say you've done? Because obviously 2022 is huge for you. What Mm -hmm. do you hope to have achieved during
1: this year looking back? Oh, okay. Um, Well, first of all, I I really hope that the people in the organization feel part of Essilor Luxotica. So, um, um, and I hope that um, uh, we will succeed um, in, in bringing that new culture and ways of working. Um, and a consensus in, in the way going forward, even though it, it probably will take many years. Um, we, are, we also have very challenged budgeting uh, growths, uh, as, as usual, but I think our, our region in particular, we, we are a big engine for, for, for growth. Um, and, and we've been seeing that together we can do much better Um, So, I'm I'm really looking forward to to pushing the the lenses and instruments agenda in in our region. Um, We are used to selling brands. um, So, it it will be a nice challenge also to to work on that from a medical angle.
0: Excellent. I think some of the brand work's been phenomenal. I know um, the the recent event that you did in Saudi with Mm -hmm. the stage was incredible. Uh, Yeah. So, congratulations on that, firstly. Uh, Are you looking to, yeah, tell me about how you're going to do something like that with. With the lenses okay
1: um well we had the the event with ray-ban at uh soundstorm <laughs> yeah uh, in in Riyadh. uh this was a really uh amazing project that was led by our um, ray-ban uh, business brand manager um, so this was a long term process, so um, the, the main objective was to be closer to our end consumer and to bring um, localized um, campaigns to life. So this was part of a 360 um, activity, including um, local product um, and a local testimonial. Um, and we've been doing that across the portfolio to, to really... Um, bridge the gap between, let's say, the the Ray-Ban the international brand and and the local consumer. Um, I really hope that we will also be able to do uh, something like that on on the lenses side of things. Um, but but more than anything, we have really big um, novelties and lenses innovations that are coming in next year. Um, they still haven't been announced, so I-, <laughs> I was just about to ask you that. I need
0: some new lenses. I was well, I need. I need some new glasses, but yeah, I was going to ask you. I had the the eye test the other week and um, definitely, unfortunately, they've got worse. Oh. So, yeah,
1: definitely need some new ones, but I'll, I might wait then and see what the new, exactly. the new lens is. Exactly. So, so um, I look forward to bringing, you know, a new innovation to, to the market and hopefully make a big bang with that as well. well. Do we know when we can expect some announcement? Yes. So I think the there will be a, an announcement at the Mido fair, which is the, um, the, the, let's say, the industry fair that's held in Milan in, in beginning of February. So there will be a bit of teasing then. Um, and we should be bringing it to the region in um, end Q3, beginning Q4.
0: Watch this space then, okay. Yeah. This is gonna be a, a big year, yeah. excellent. Um, I'm really excited for that. I think it's it's about time there was some innovation. And I, as you said, right at the beginning, I have never gone into an opticians and said, these are the lenses I want. Mm-hmm. Very much done with the brand side. These are the brand of the frames I want. This is what I want them mm-hmm. to look like. But the lenses was always just a, an afterthought. So. Excited to be seeing these changes in the market. I think it's definitely needed because as as a consumer, I'm quite uneducated around Mm -hmm. what the difference of the lenses are. Mm -hmm. So that is uh, something very exciting coming. I think we were talking about the challenges with budgeting as well. You mentioned Mm -hmm. them there we hear a lot in the market at the moment around the recession which mm-hmm. is likely to come at the beginning of next year mm-hmm. how are you feeling as a marketer about that because that's going to make things a little bit more challenging mm-hmm. i guess
1: no it, it's definitely more challenging and and in general in in the past few years we have been seeing costs uh, rising mm-hmm. um so it, it is the, um putting strain on 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 all on all industries so um for sure, as a, as a marketer, we need to work within uh, within our budgets and, and try to do the the best um, with with what we have. Um, and and digital, as you've mentioned before, is definitely playing um, a very important role. Um, in that sense, um, we can invest smarter and target in a more um, specific way the ways that we are we are doing today. Um, another thing that we're working really carefully as well is making sure that we target our investments in um, the right time and and perhaps instead of having two or three moments during the year, really focusing on on one big bang um, activity uh, to make more noise. And we feel it's more and more impactful. So these are some of the changes that we're that we're doing.
0: So it's it's more around being, I guess, smarter or more efficient with your budget, uh, making sure the decisions you make and the the different activities you do have the have the results that you're looking for. Yeah,
1: that is one side of thing. Another side of things, and and this is where we work very closely with our with our global office. Um, we are, you know, bringing in um, a, a big part of of the growth for for our company, and we are we believe that there's still a lot of tap untapped opportunity. So with that comes also additional investments and support from the group. So let's say it's it's an in between, and we need to juggle that.
0: I think we certainly saw that from from a, a software and a technology mm-hmm. perspective, in two thousand and eight, which was the the last sort of significant recession, um, was around making those smarter investments, as mm-hmm. you say there. It's not stopping them completely, but it's looking at where you are going to invest as a, a global brand, how you can take that and use it locally, um, and sort of what you can get as a return for that. So I think that's it's good to see that the thought's still there. Yeah. Um, We've had a number of organizations that we work with actually say that this is an opportunity for them to sort of separate themselves from the market. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing it in the same way? Um, What do you mean uh, in terms of separates? Stand out so that you can make those changes whilst in this position to to benefit.
1: Yes, no, no, 100%. And and um, what we're also trying to do is be mindful of people's um, emotions and, and where they're at right now, because what we've also seen is we've pushed a lot the digital agenda, um, which has been amazing for us, but we also see that there's a need to connect um, physically. And um, so today, another topic on, on our agenda is, do we bring back certain events that we used to do um, that had that physical um, engagement? Um, and obviously, that means more uh, more investments if there's travel involved, etc. So we also need to understand today, what are the activities that um, that can make the difference that can make us stand out um, in, in this context?
0: I think that's a really important point, actually. We've spoken a lot and heard a lot about the sort of fidgetal, the the join between physical and digital and how that can work together. Mm-hmm. Um, from what we're seeing and what the trends and the analysis have said, it's a, it's about the journey that is consistent across both the physical and the digital domains mm-hmm. is that something that you're considering
1: yes yes 100% um, it, it is the the omnichannel approach it is the, the digital approach so that uh, all of these um, buzzwords that we he- <laughs> that we're hearing are are true and are definitely part of um, of the mix when we're when we're thinking about our marketing and sales strategies
0: I think that's a. It's definitely something worth considering, it sounds like you're you're doing that. So that's brilliant. I think it's gonna gonna help you in, in the next year as well. When we're considering um, buzzwords, and is there anything else? I mean, we hear about augmented reality, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Well, what's going on for yourselves around other buzzwords in the market?
1: Um, okay, so if if we stay on on the, let's say digital and, and um, realm. Um, what, what I love about our group is really the investment that has um, you know, uh, been happening in the last few years with regards to um, uh, virtual reality um, or, or mixing both, both worlds. So I'll give you a B2B and a, maybe a B2C uh, example from the eyewear side. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- we've developed um, quite a while ago a, a way to be able to try your um, eyewear on virtually. And it has been integrated in all our B2B tools. So when our customer is perhaps buying a new pair of frames and isn't there, the frame isn't there physically or the color they're asking for isn't there, they can always access it and try it on um, virtually in, in the tools that, that, we, that we use. And we've slowly integrated these also in the B2C experience. Mm-hmm. So in some of our uh, partner store here, you can also have access to this virtual um, mirror, we call it, um, which is really amazing because this means that a retailer doesn't need to stock up um, yes. um, with huge inventories of maybe something that's a bit more eccentric or a slower moving item. Um, it also allows from a, from a selling perspective for you to be more efficient in ordering sample sets and, and things like that. Um, and then maybe another one from a B2C angle, you've maybe heard about Ray-Ban Stories. Mm-hmm. So Ray-Ban Stories has been uh, launched, um, it's been a year now I think. Um, by which we integrated inside um, a few of Ray-Ban's iconic models um, um, a camera, a phone and a mic um, so you can really have that um, immersive experience and it's been done in collaboration with Meta so everything that you post can be done seamlessly um, on, on your Facebook apps or, um, or Instagram apps so it's, it's quite cool so you can take your phone call or record um, while you have your, your frames on uh, so it's a nice way of mixing both worlds and, and both emotions um, and, and being still present in, in the moment. No, That's a great way because you see so many people
0: with their heads down looking at their phones. If they can do that without actually looking anywhere and just have it in their lenses,
1: that's yeah. amazing. Yeah.
0: Have you managed to try it yet?
1: Um, I've tried it. It's not available in, uh, in our markets yet, uh, but I've tried it during one of our, our fairs. Uh, it's, it's really amazing. You, you'd be surprised how seamless the experience is um, and, um, and the sound quality. Uh, it's really amazing. And I'm sure there will be new updates um, with regards to Ray-Ban Stories very soon.
0: I think uh, my husband would have absolutely loved those in his Christmas stocking. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, unfortunately, not here yet. <laughs> Maybe next year. Matt, hope you're not watching. Um, so, he, yeah, he's, uh, especially if he t- can take his calls with his sunglasses on while driving the car, sounds like a dream. Yeah. Um, and also, it's a bit more private than actually having it over your hands free or something. Yes. So Oh, that's a really interesting one. So you're doing lots around the the buzzword and the technology space. Yes. Then, are you seeing anything in the the physical space around the buzzwords
1: or transformative experiences? Um, I'm, I'm definitely seeing it. So, um, in, um, as I was mentioning before, the virtual um, try-on is something that we're we're going to be launching also in um, in the region. We've we've just started, um, and it will also be integrated with more personalization um, experiences. So, um, we have a program by which you can customize your your frame to, to your liking.
0: Oh.
1: Um, so, it's quite it's quite nice. Yeah. Um, and I think that customization and personalization is something that we've seen a lot in, in the region, and in, in, in luxury um, and also in, in lifestyle brands. So I'm happy to, to also be bringing that to, to the table.
0: That's, that's really interesting you say that. We've done some research and we found that personalization and personalizing experiences It's not only what the customers expect, so Mm -hmm. we had, there was a study done, um, I can't remember who it was, but uh, I'm sure Jamila can post it next to it, around how 80% of brands think they're delivering really good experiences, and Mm -hmm. yet only 8% of customers agree. So trying to find out what the the missing link was, and it was exactly that, it was around the personalization of those experiences. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important that you're looking at personalizing and how you can do that. Um, We've seen it's not only good for customers and consumers and what Mm -hmm. they expect, but also for businesses as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It impacts everything from the average order value, the customer retention, the lifetime value of a customer, um, and also the employees as well. And we spent a bit of time delving into this and understanding why personalized experience for your customer and your consum- consumers makes your employees happy have you
1: noticed any benefits since you started looking at personalization um definitely so i would say that personalization is something that means something different for for everybody so how do you also roll that out uh, is is really important um as i'm part of the wholesale organization so this also means really working with um our partners mm-hmm. and understanding what a personalized experience means for them and how it fits also with their um brand identity and how to deliver it to to the consumer that can also mean something very different to everyone. Um, it helps also that we have a lot of brands, and so already having the personalized experience tailored to the brand that you do, that you love um, makes it a little bit easier. But then, how do you bring it to the table? Um, makes a difference. Um, And then with employees, it also, especially in in the region where you're taking into consideration the culture and the heritage, it Mm -hmm. definitely makes people more loyal um, to the brand. um, They feel that they're being listened to um, and that we're not just copy pasting what is going on abroad. Um, and I think it's the same way when you when you work with people, you don't deal with everyone in the same in the same way. Right. Everyone has their um, their wishes and their wants and their motivation. So um, we all personalize our experiences yeah. with, with everybody. So I think it's important that we also do that with with the product that we deliver um, and um, with the lenses, it, it just to tie it back, it's It's really what we do. So we have the option of also delivering personalized um, lenses um, that also fit the way that you, your posture, the way that you are sitting, standing, behaving, um, the way that you move, the way that you're looking at. So I I think that personalized experience can also be beneficial from a medical standpoint.
0: I think so too. I think especially something as crucial as vision. Mm -hmm. I mean. I had laser surgery, not that you'd know it because I'm wearing glasses oh, okay. today, uh, about uh, 10 years ago, probably now. Um, and it made such a difference. Being able to wake up and see completely was amazing, but it fades and it wears off. So having the lenses that are on your face, whether they're contact lenses or glasses lenses, in your, uh, uh, impacting your vision mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. And as you said, everyone stands different. The face shape is different. Mm-hmm. To find them that fit is is completely impacting mm-hmm. of what your life is so that's it's fantastic to see that you doing that because it's not something they're always there and they're yeah. so important but you don't really consider that as a exactly. consumer
1: and personalization in that sense doesn't necessarily mean your name on on the, on the product <laughs> you know what I mean it can go beyond that hmm.
0: that's really interesting to hear mm-hmm. I think that's a there's a lot that you've got going on then at yeah. the moment then looking at the personalization looking at bringing together the two different brands and the two different organizations the cultures the people the changes that you're having across the business as well as sort of the macroeconomic changes of the environment at the moment <laughs> yes you've got a busy 2023 coming up 100 thank you so much for taking the time and coming to talk to us about it today hopefully we'll have you back here next year talking about what an amazing success it's been Why not?